Welcome to the Mental Health Commute. This is episode five with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. And this episode, we are going to be talking about stress. And I believe we have a question from someone, Matt. So someone wrote in and asked, do anxiety and depression stem from stress? If so, how can people manage stress before it becomes a serious problem? I think, you know, what we know about stress is that when people come in to see us, they often have been in somewhat of stressful situations that are causing to be feel anxious or depressed. We do have at times people coming in saying, I have no idea why I'm feeling depressed or anxious. There's really nothing. My life is going very well. I don't really know. So there's multiple components to stress. One way to look at it is from a biopsychosocial perspective, and they sort of run into each other. The biological deals with things like your physical health, genetic vulnerabilities, exposure to things, disability, maybe your temperament, which also delves into the psychological realm. Psychological realm is some of your beliefs, your attitudes, your own self-esteem, your coping skills or lack of coping skills. And you know, coping skills, you can have strengths in certain areas, but something new can happen in your life that you've never had to deal with. So you've never had the chance to develop a coping skill in that area. Uh, The social, you know, your peer relationships, are they positive peer relationships or are they not? Your family relationships, which can be very positive, sometimes can be very negative in people's lives. Your work relationships and just uh, social circumstances. Let's take the pandemic when you might have very good relationships, but you're somebody who's sort of more of an extrovert. You really feed off being around people. And all of a sudden now uh, we're wearing these masks. There's the distancing. You're uh, relegated to FaceTime or video and somebody coming up and talking to you from the end of the driveway. This has been a very, very stressful time for a lot of people. Or take working from home. Some people thought at first, wow, that's fantastic. I get to work from home all the time. Well, for some people, that's not good, you know, maybe working from home sometime, but they really thrive in being able to be in an in-person work environment and having those daily interactions uh, with folks. And then you combine working at home with in-home school, and then you have all those dynamics going on. So I think you look at it from a broader perspective. When I look at the question, I break it down into a couple pieces. And what, what I see them asking is a series of why. The first thing is, Is stress a symptom or is it its own thing? Do I have another disorder and stress is just coming out because I have something else going on? Is stress standalone by itself or is stress going to cause future problems? How do we know that those occur? The shadow diseases that we've talked about, right? Anxiety and depression, they're sort of silent in the background sometimes. And now we have this amorphous thing called stress. When does stress, whatever it is, cause issues for some folks? So what is stress? Stress is something that happens in your life that causes you to feel, quote unquote, stressed. What might make me feel stressed, like an upcoming talk, might make someone else, well, that doesn't cause me any stress. I love to talk. They're very individual things. Now, there's things that are pretty catastrophic that would cause almost everybody stress. You're in a major motor vehicle accident. You're in combat. Now, how people deal with those can be very different. So there's those folks who are, let's call them the stress stuffers. They stuff the stress down into them in the back of their mind, and they hope that it just sort of goes away. And then you have those people who 
might deal with stress externally by sort of getting angry with others, taking it out on their environment. They don't really sometimes realize it at the time. You know, say you've had a really difficult day at work, lots of stuff has happened, you're feeling sort of irritable, frustrated. You know, there's a pretty big tendency to go home and be irritable, (laughs) frustrated with those in your environment. There's another way to deal with stress, not optimal, but that might cause you some issues. It might also cause those you interact with some issues if you're around them long enough. So those are two ways. If we even more simplify it, we're saying you can either internalize it or get rid of it. And it's just a question of are you doing it in a healthy manner or a destructive manner? Healthy or not healthy, yeah. When I hear about stress and the people who internalize it, I think something that commonly goes with that is then eventually that there's a blow up. People can't necessarily internalize things forever without getting it out. So I heard an example one time of people who internalize stress that I think really resonated, which was a I think it was in a college professor's class, and they said, stress is like a glass of water. The glass of water may weigh a pound, but if you take that glass of water and hold it out in front of you and never put it down, that one pound glass of water starts to feel like two pounds, then five pounds, and eventually you just can't hold it anymore because it becomes greater than it started even though it hasn't changed. was a rationalization for you have to be able to put it down. You can't leave it there and just have it internalized but always be affecting well you can the negative part of that is if you do you end up not dealing with it in a healthy manner what ends up happening is it does come out at some point being irritated frustrated with somebody turning into anxiety that needs treatment depression that needs treatment the proximate cause at this time is so far removed you don't even remember what the stressor originally was If we take the the holding the water example, there's the you can put it down or you can wait until you can't hold it anymore and then the glass shatters because you drop it. Are you putting it down in a way that is healthy or are you just holding on to it as long as possible trying to deal with it yourself until it blows up in your face, I guess? That's the way I was going. That is perfect. So we're on the same wavelength here. Look at that glass of water, that picture in your mind, and can you healthily deal with it so that the water evaporates or does it sit there and fester so it turns into gas and it's just waiting for the little match to ignite it and an outburst comes in some way or form? If you're someone who holds on to that as long as possible, it's probably realistic that you're adding glasses of water on top of the first one. Most people experience stress in some way in their daily life, and if you're piling every little stressor that occurs in a day on top of the last one, on top of the last one, you're no longer talking about a a one-pound cup of water that you're holding. At the end of the day, you have a 50 cups of one-pound water that you're holding. Do you find that to be consistent, that however you deal with stress, you throw all your stresses into that bucket? Yes, they tend to come into the blunder, (laughs) right? It's very difficult to identify each one. That's where therapy comes in. But this gets into, can you be happy when you have all that stress coming on? To what we've talked about in previous episodes, the game face. When you have all those stresses built up, you're almost relegated to going out into your social environment, putting on this game face where you might look happy, but internally you're just bubbling. And that will impact your relationships, that will impact your work, your school, your ability to be successful in all facets of your life. You might find that your social world becomes very, 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 very constricted as you lose more and more friends or back up from those interactions with friends, not talking 
as much at work with, with folks. And even in your, say you're married, in your relationship, it would be likely that you might become more distant in that relationship, look for alternatives outside that relationship, or become more irritable. But all those things serve to push other people away. You're not happy, so you don't have the self-esteem. So you end up sort of treating others like you feel. When I hear you say that, two things come to mind. Right? The first one is you reference things we've talked about before. With stress, it's one of those things that you're going to have. People should get stressed in certain situations. But the other one is when you talk about relationships and how you start to distance yourself or cause issues. I've gone through this recently because we had a child. And my wife stressed all the time, but she won't direct it at the child. <laughs> right? So you start misdirecting. And you have to get your... Your stress out, but you're not going to do it at the source. So a lot of people probably either, one, go to their safe spots, which might be their friends, their family, and unleash there. Or they're protective of their safe spots, which then leads them to want to distance because they, if they go into those situations, it's in their mind, it's not going to go well. So then they start getting into the, the other habits that you talked about, which I have to get it out. Where am I going to get it out? But I'm not going to address it in the situation that's giving me the stress. So I'm going to misdirect my frustration somewhere. It's just who's going to catch my misdirection. You talked about, you know, maybe misdirecting the stress or how does the stress come out? You also talked about safe spot, the safe spot. So I would like to address both of those things. And one thing that I have noticed that I tend to do around the office anyway, and I probably do it at home also, is when I get stressed, I will start whistling. After I did this for quite a while, I would have certain of the staff come up to me and say, oh, what's going on today? You're sort of whistling as you're going by my office. I said, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine. But as I sort of thought more about it, I go, yeah, when things are sort of really busy, through sort of some anxiety provoking, I will whistle. So I've made a big effort not only to recognize that, but also to start also whistling when very positive things are going on, you know? So when everybody's having fun and doing that, so other people aren't stressed by my, <laughs> by my whistling. Uh, but I think that's uh, another important point is that when somebody else recognizes that repeatedly in you, are you able to do some self-observation look at yourself and say, hey, is this really a potential issue that I need to address or that I can look at and how do I address it and with others and with my myself? The other thing you talked about were safe spots. And I'll take another example. I used to run a lot. porta pots were all around. I became a connoisseur of porta pots, let's say. My day is very busy at work, and people tend to come up and ask me questions, and which I love to do. But I also know that I need some time alone, just micro times alone. And we're talking about, you know, 30 seconds to one minute. And then just to give the brain a chance to take a little rest and move on. What I've learned to do is I go to the bathroom, you know. So I go to the bathroom multiple times a day. Sometimes I don't need to. Sometimes I just go to go. But it gives me a mental health break. And I might be off my patient hall for 30 seconds to one minute. But it's given me a huge mental health break. Uh, nobody can get to me during that time. And then I'm recharged and ready to go. Getting back to the, the initial question, wanting to make sure, of course, that we address that in its fullest. One thing that we touched on but didn't is stress, the cause of other mental health issues. If someone comes into you as a patient 
and says, I just want to be treated for stress. I don't have any other issues going on. I'm not anxious. I'm not depressed. Is stress a treatable condition? Well, my role there is to help you out, correct? Yes. So uh, to help you resolve your stress. So whether I say that it ends up being generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, I'm going to address with you. This is how we start to resolve your stress. Now, to do that, you say I'm stressed out. I have to know about your life, what's going on in your current life, and what might be causing that stress. And then we have to put in a treatment plan to address that, whether that's coping skills, therapy, whether I think medication for the short term or longer term might help you in being able to deal with situations that when you're in in them, they lead to a lot of stress. So can we give you a bigger threshold before things cause you stress? Or if they do cause you stress, which a lot of things happen in people's lives, that you deal with it in a healthy manner rather than an unhealthy manner. Yeah, so one thing you mentioned that I want to be sure that we were clear on As you said, if someone comes in for stress, I may think it's anxiety or depression. It's just whether or not we're treating it today. If stress is the major concern, are you always assuming that there's another issue in conjunction with it? Or is stress ever just a standalone? No, you can have acute stressors that happens. Buddy comes in and they've never had any mental health issues in their background. And you talk to them, they have a clear history, their family history is clear. But their best friend just was in an auto accident and passed away. And they're saying, I'm coming in to get help to deal with this stress so it does not cause issues for me. I'm feeling horrible. You know, I just need help getting through this this time. There are times that you're able to just help that person get through that time period, and they really end up not needing any long-term treatment, and they're not going to have any issues with depression and anxiety going forward. If they don't end up dealing with that loss, that's what becomes a future stressor that sets them up to have issues with depression and anxiety or other things down the road. So if I have someone in my life misdirecting their anger, which I'd equate a lot to stress, something really makes you mad and you don't deal with it, it causes you stress, and then eventually you misdirect that somewhere else and it comes out as anger. So am I concerned then that if this goes unresolved for some period of time, it will cause them to have additional issues? It is highly likely to, right? Because it's unresolved. Yes, not dealing, let's just take, for example, you have a pneumonia and you don't treat it. You know, you don't go to the doc, you don't get antibiotics for something, you're going to end up with other issues most likely. So the physical and the mental health really aren't that much different in that regard. Final point maybe on this one is how do I know if I can handle the stress on my own and it won't become a further issue versus at what point do I know I need to seek further assistance or help. You're having these issues that are causing you to have some of the symptoms that we've talked about, such as getting angry, withdrawing, becoming unproductive, that the stress is not resolving. You know, it's pretty common for an acute stressor a week or two to feel pretty crappy, right? If that's going on and on, or you're seeking out alternative coping mechanisms that are not healthy, then it's probably time to seek some help. Now, sometimes the first help is just asking those close to you. And that tends to be what we don't do. When we're feeling bad, or we're afraid we're going to make others feel bad. Oh my gosh, nobody wants to hear my problems. Now, nobody wants to hear somebody 
having a problem every single day of their life and or the same problem over and over. But those close to you would like to know if something's really bothering you. Because if you're getting irritable, they're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Or if you have completely withdrawn, they're also wondering what is going on. But in their mind, they're going, well, I don't want to bother them more or make it worse. So then I'm not going to ask them. So now you two are at the stalemate. The one is worried about making you worse, and you're worried about making their day worse by asking them. You're the one in control. Stress makes you feel out of control. But actually, for you to take control, you need to take action. And the action you need to take is, first of all, seek out help from those closest to you. If you don't have anyone close to you, then that's going to up the time that you need to maybe reach out to some professional help. Or if those close to you are not helpful, or maybe they're a source of your stress, and you need a way to work through this so you can address it more functionally with them, then that's also a time to reach out and get professional help.